Well, October sure turned a corner, but will it turn back? This is Way Over Our Heads. It's a weather and climate podcast. I'm Jim Dubois. Kenny Blumenfeld's a climatologist. Kenny, how you doing? I'm, I'm doing all right, Jim, and I can tell you that there are millions of Minnesotans who would like it to turn back. <laughs> yes. Count me you, among them. <laughs> you wanted to turn. You, can, you know, hey, I, I make no bones about loving winter, but I could stand for October turning back also. If November ends up warmer than October, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about what happened. Of course, we shattered some snowfall records for this early in the season last week, and that was kind of a statewide thing, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, what a difference a couple weeks makes. You know, I bet you we could dig out of the archives, but let's not. Uh, some forecasts by someone we both know really well early in the month of October calling for warm conditions. And then we just <laughs> flipped the switch and it turned into kind of an early winter. We had a snowstorm affecting central and southern Minnesota on Tuesday. And that in and of itself was a near record breaker for many places and a record breaker for others. So what Twin Cities had just shy of eight inches. I think we came in with a, an official tally of 7.9 for that storm. Parts of the South Metro, some of the volunteer, those Coco Raz observers had uh, over eight inches and even over nine inches in some parts of the Southern Metro, the area kind of around Faribault. But there was a swath of basically west to east across the state uh, out towards Glenwood uh, where we had anywhere between four and eight inches of snow. And that that was pretty early for October 20th. You know, for October, that's a lot of snow for October 20th. And uh, and then two days later, uh, I don't know, do you remember? It's all a blur now, right? But on It is kind Thursday, of a blur, although I remember yeah. raking my roof. So there are certain things I remember about it, Kenny. Things <laughs> that required labor I usually am not used to performing at this particular time of the year. Yeah, that's perfect, though. That's, I mean, that's exactly right, because you're. it feels odd to shovel in October. Do you know what felt the weirdest to me, Jim? What's that, so Kenny? So we, uh, you know, listeners probably don't know this and almost certainly won't care. But in the last month, my family relocated from South Minneapolis into, into St. Paul. So we now have, you know, different zip code and all of that. Our driveway has a little bit of a pitch on it. And you know what I'm not, I wasn't ready for or used to was getting stuck going up the driveway in the greasy <laughs> snow on Tuesday night. Ah, yes. So you were raking your roof. I, I honestly just <laughs> threw the car in park with the uh, with the emergency brakes on and called it a night, uh, kind of halfway up the, our driveway hill and uh, shoveling. All of that felt, it didn't feel October-like. It felt like we were performing late November tasks, right? And that was heavy, wet snow, too. That gave oh, you yeah. a workout to shovel. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I can feel it in the shoulders, and you know, you breathe a little hard if you if you're not careful doing that stuff. So that was that was Tuesday, and then there was another storm on Thursday. Now I'm just going to assume that most of our listeners are in the Twin Cities metro area, but that we do pick up some others from out state. So if you were north of the Twin Cities, especially north of St. Cloud, on Thursday, October 22nd, then you got more snow. 
there's this thin little sliver out around Beardsley over towards Glenwood where they got in on both storms and some of those areas got a combined total of over a foot in October. What? Uh, Twin Cities didn't really get any snow with that, but instead we had that, we had that sleet and we had that weird uh, mysterious kind of orangish green morning sky. Yeah. What was that all about? I, I mean, I'm going to just sort of, well, what's the equivalent of pleading the fifth? I, I don't <laughs> know for sure, but we did, we did ask the National Weather Service and their response was they assumed there was a lot of ice production happening in those, in those clouds. And, and anyone, in, especially the southern third or so of Minnesota, probably saw lightning and heard some thunder that morning. So we know that there were updrafts. And the updrafts were lofting the precipitation up at the higher levels where it would become nucleated or glaciated and turn into ice. And, you know, just the same way that before and after hailstorms or, you know, around sort of tornadoes, you get kind of a greenish, orangish tinge. The weather service was working off of the hypothesis that there was enough of the kind of sizable ice chunks in the sky to refract the light such that what we're seeing was, uh, you know, those sort of oranges and, and reds. Now, there was also some suggestion that there may have been dust that got entrained into the atmosphere. But when we looked closely on the satellite, there wasn't a lot of evidence for it. So it's hard to know. But uh, it was weird in any case, because it was dark. There was uh, thunder and lightning and, <laughs> and then sleet. And off to the north, another major snowstorm where they got four to eight inches of snow and major for October anyway. I mean, not necessarily major for midwinter, but pretty substantial for October. And then, you know, we had another one that that hit southern, far southern Minnesota over the weekend. So that's three significant snowfalls, some of which, you know, produced over a half a foot of snow. Uh, and I think even southern Minnesota on um, you know, Sunday and su Sunday afternoon ended up with several inches in some areas. So between those three storms and then uh, one or two that had passed through the far northern parts of the state earlier in the month, the entire state has now seen accumulating snow. And this would be one of the earliest times on record that we've done that. But you're right, we broke a bunch of records. And what you're saying, Jim, is you're not thrilled about breaking those records. You'd rather break high temperature records. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Too bad. <laughs> Sorry. We've had uh, almost no chance for that kind of weather. It's been a few weeks, a couple weeks now. And the closest we've come to breaking records in the temperature department has been on the other side of the spectrum. Obviously, some of our high temperatures were among the lowest that we have on record for for October. We didn't shatter any records, but we came, you know, we came within striking distance uh, several days over the last week. So it's, it's been, it's been chilly. And we, so we put, if you kind of put it all together, we had large uh, record setting snowfalls for the dates of October 20th and October 22nd, depending on where you were. Uh, St. Cloud and Minneapolis are the two long-term stations in Minnesota that are sort of first order climate observing stations that have both already broken their monthly snowfall records for October. We surpassed the October 1991 value of 8.2 inches in the Twin Cities and 
That's uh, October 1991, of course, was what, Jim? What happened that Oh, year? yes, the infamous Halloween blizzard. Yeah, right. And we beat that. Of course, you know, there's an asterisk by that record that we just set because the day after Halloween, another 20 inches of snow fell in 1991. Obviously, we're nowhere near that level of, uh, of snow here. But uh, yeah, you know. It was uh, it was quite a storm. So, and that's left us cold. We've had several days in a row where we've been around 15, or in some cases 20 degrees below the historical average temperature. So it's just been a a cool wintry time. So we definitely turned a corner. Now, Kenny, if we had lost that snow cover very early on, if it had been a bit warmer. I assume that our low temperatures wouldn't have been quite as low because of the reflectivity of the snow, the albedo. We've talked about that before. Is that is that true? If oh, that snow yeah, cover absolutely. had not been there, it would not have been as bitterly cold. Right. I mean, but, okay, so yes and also no, we're in a, it's a cold air mass. And this thing was going to deliver us, if we never had gotten snow at all, I think the whole of Minnesota would fall in would have fallen below freezing anyway, and we would have had some some chilly readings. Uh, but you're right, the snow cover, what it really did was on those coldest days, even with the sun out, it just prevented us from getting some additional warming that we would have we would have had. So it probably held us back five to 10 degrees day and night, um, at least if there were any clear nights in there, it would have held us down five to 10 degrees at night and another five to 10 degrees during the day. You're absolutely right. That snow cover, you know, it's part of what makes winter. And I know that sounds paradoxical because how how could you have winter without snow? But some of that winter weather is actually complements of the snow. And, you know, in, in some of our coldest air masses, uh, the difference between having snow and not having snow in, you know, early, mid-January can be 20 degrees Fahrenheit. So it's a snow makes a big difference. Unfortunately for cold weather haters, we had the snow and it held us back even more. And whew, you know, I think we'll all be happy. It looks like the calendar is going to bring some magic. So Okay, we will get to that in just a moment, Kenny. But yeah. I think the question looming on my mind and probably on many other folks' minds is what we saw last week and this weekend, this past weekend, a harbinger of a winter to come. We know it's going to be a La Nina winter. Is this a taste, is this a preview of coming attractions? So in, in terms of the, on, on one hand, you know, my pause, Jim, was because how can I give this answer both scientifically correctly <laughs> and also, you know, covering this expanse of winter. So on one hand, the obvious answer is yes, of course it's a harbinger because winter does contain some amount of snow and some amount of cold. But to the more specific question of does early snow and cold foretell a punishing winter? No, it really doesn't. I mean, as far as we can tell, when we look at the Octobers and Novembers, that have been cold and snowy, we don't really see any connection to the rest of winter. Take your 
Halloween blizzard of 1991. Do you remember the winter that came after that, Jim? You know, Kenny, it's funny. I I kind of guessed you were going to ask me that, and I was letting my wheels spin to try and remember, but you know what? That is my main takeaway. I can't honestly tell you much about what that rest of that winter was like. That was just such an anomaly and such a brutal start that I think that anything that followed it paled by comparison. So I don't really remember many details of that winter of 91-92, save for the Halloween blizzard. Yeah. Well, I can walk you down memory lane if you would like. Okay, that sounds good. So we had the Halloween blizzard, which truly lasted through the 2nd of November and was still, we were still feeling its effects into the 3rd of November. Then we got a break of a couple days, but it was cold. We were setting all-time coldest so early in the season records across the parts of Minnesota that had been affected. And remember, this was basically a blanket of snow, six to 25 inches deep and maybe 30 inches deep in some areas in northern Minnesota, covering pretty much the eastern half or so of the state. So this was a major storm. And then we had record cold that followed it. And then we just kind of, you know, then by the time that all ended, we were, you know, we passed the first week in November and November was underway. We had another half foot snowstorm around the middle of the month. Uh, And then at the end of the month, We had a Black Friday powerhouse storm that delivered snowfall rates that were actually heavier than what we observed during the Halloween blizzard. At the height of the storm uh, after Thanksgiving of 1991, where uh, snowfall rates were three to four inches per hour. It was just, it was kind of mind boggling. And there was rampant thunder snow with that winter storm and produced another swath of up to and over a foot of snow across the Twin Cities. So we finished November with record snow, thanks to uh, not just the the second part of the Halloween blizzard, but also this Thanksgiving storm. And we just destroyed uh, November snowfall records and also set the record for the snowiest month. We came out of November with already a full season's worth of snow on the ground or having fallen already. So everyone thought, well, we should, if we're already here, we should easily break the all-time snowfall record for the winter, which is for the Twin Cities, it's 98 inches or so. Uh, And we were already about 55 inches in, and no, we didn't do it. And the reason is we were in an El Nino pattern, and the winter kind of went to sleep. And we ended up very mild. We were mild in December right through February and got, you know, a below average amount of snow for the remainder of winter too. And so that's a good example of, you know, what happens early doesn't necessarily affect what happens later. Uh, what do you think the working hypothesis is? Why, why wouldn't a November, a snowy November, tell us much about the rest of winter the way that a snowy December does? Take I'm kind of at a loss for that one, Kenny. Did I stump you? You did stump me. It's it's a tough question, but it really gets down to the same question you had asked about several minutes back. It has to do with the effect of snow being on the ground. Now, in December, we are fast approaching the lowest and weakest sunlight of the year. And so 
the sunlight, you can think of if, if sunlight's job is to kind of heat us up, then sunlight is at its least effective, you know, as you approach and in the days around that winter solstice, really the weeks around the winter solstice. And so when you get a healthy snow cover on, say, December 10th, there's a good chance that between that, uh, that snow cover and the loss of sunlight that you're not going to you're not going to be able to melt that snow for some time. And if you can't melt that snow for some time, then the sunlight's going to bounce off of the snow and it's going to prevent you from heating up as much as you would if the snow hadn't been there. So December snow can indeed foretell the, the next several weeks to two months, really, just by, uh, you know, if you get a healthy blanket of snow, it's going to be a lot harder to get warm. It's going to be a lot harder to melt that snow. Whereas in October and even November, when you get a big snow, uh, it's possible, although not likely, that the snow will stick around. But in most cases, that snow is gone even by the time you get towards, say, the winter solstice because the, the sunlight is still strong enough that even through the clouds, it can melt some of that snow. Uh, and so... You know, usually snowfall in the first half of November, anyway, is, does not stick around. It really needs to be an astonishing snow to stick around for the, the rest of the winter. And, you know, the Halloween blizzard and its remnants were gone, all but gone, by the end of November 1991. It's just it got topped off pretty mightily by that, uh, that Thanksgiving, that post-Thanksgiving snowstorm. So, uh, and that was, you know, we were talking, we're talking about 20 to 25 inches of snow melting away uh, over the course of November, even as other systems are coming by and depositing snow. So it, it really has a lot to do with the sunlight. And then that sort of combined effect of having snow on the ground and the way that it modulates or controls the ability of the sun to warm the earth with or without the snow. So nerdy, but uh yeah, so that's that's the working hypothesis for why we don't see much of a connection between snowy and cold conditions in October and especially the first part of November and then the rest of winter. Well, Kenny, you have given me and others hope that this will not be a brutal, brutal winter. So this is a good thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we need some kind of hope to cling on to these days, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, a segue here to something that is climate-related. There is a study underway, and uh, there are people at the University of Minnesota contributing to this study. And um, what's interesting is we don't often think of a fluctuation of uh, a couple of degrees of temperature as potentially having a huge impact on our global climate. But uh, this study is gathering data that suggests a one or two degree change in the global climate can have a tremendous impact on other weather-related hazards. Tell us more about that, Kenny, and uh, what this study is all about. I mean, I, I can't speak for the researchers at all, but the, the, the gist of it, of the, the sort of background, is that we, you know, we've already observed, I mean, think of what's happened here in Minnesota. And, and, you know, I, I'm not going to put adjectives on it in, in terms of, you know, good or bad, although, but I can tell you that we have warmed a lot. And there's a strong link between the warming that we have observed already here, 
and the existing or ongoing warming of the global climate system. And we, you know, locally here, our winters have warmed faster than that, that global average. And so global temperatures only, you know, you mentioned the range of one to two degrees Celsius. The global temperatures already has only increased by, by the lower end of that amount. And we've already seen some fairly significant changes, not just here in Minnesota. I mean, our changes in Minnesota are actually pretty subtle. I think, you know, whenever you have a global study like that, it uncovers other sort of maybe more noticeable changes. But one that comes to mind for everyone is things like sea level or ocean temperatures, which uh, influences the intensity of passing tropical weather systems. So it is one of these things where what seems like relatively small changes has profound impacts. And so, you know, what we've seen here already, which we would say our winter in general, although it's not every year, it's not every winter, and it certainly can't be pinpointed down to the winter storm level. But, uh, you know, we would say our, our winter has been profoundly impacted, but it's been by these relatively, what would seem like relatively small changes globally. But that's also, I, I wouldn't quite call it a misnomer, but we tend to underappreciate how much energy it takes to change, takes a tremendous amount of energy to change the global temperature by even one degree Celsius. So, you know, it's manifest as a small, uh, what seems like, oh, that's kind of a small change in the global average. But that's just because we, we don't think in terms of, you know, energy and the energy that's required to change the global temperature by one degree Celsius is enormous. <laughs> it's just, it's, I can't calculate it. And so it shouldn't surprise us then that some of the impacts that you see, not necessarily at a global level, but especially when you look locally, are, are pretty, pretty massive. Well, Kenny, let's end on an up note. And we're going to talk about... Uh a turn in the weather coming for what remains of October and hopefully into early November as well. So things are looking up, correct, Kenny? Yeah, I mean, that's the the hypothesis anyway. If you look at all the forecast models, I've become, I mean, I'm sort of wounded by this because <laughs> I really thought that October was going to, I was peddling this whole warm story and I kind of thought we were going to do that. So pardon my Oh, reluctance because November is starting to look like it's going to be warm. And at least the first part of November is looking mild. I, I can't say, I don't see anything off the charts, but it's got a nice mild look to it with uh, the, the sort of deep cold air retreating over the next several days slowly, but such that by the time we get to Halloween and the first of November, we're back to near normal conditions. You know, that would be Southern Minnesota highs around 50 degrees, uh, Northern Minnesota, you know, maybe closer to 40, 45 degrees, but um, in any case, not highs that are below freezing entirely. And that's sort of the story. It looks like a kind of dry pattern and it looks at least mild. There are hints of some warm conditions tossed in there, you know, during the first week or so of November. But I'm certainly not going to go out on a limb beyond that because I got <laughs> I got burned <laughs> with the last one. And I'm, you know, happy to say that my day job is not as a forecaster. So 
you know, as a climatologist, I just talk about what happened and therefore I'm always right. But uh, when I do, when I do wander into forecasting, it, you know, it'd be nice if I can get it right. And uh, that October, yeah, October was a, a puzzler and was tough. And so before we buy wholesale into a warm November, I can say, well, I think it's going to start warm. And then we'll just have to see how, how that, how that pattern hangs on for the remainder of the month. Well, Kenny, for those of us who thought we had plenty of time to clean up our gardens, cut back our perennials, uh, tear out our annuals, put away our patio furniture, we might have been a little frightened when we saw that snow coming down, but uh, it sounds like we're going to have time to get that done in the next uh, several days or so. Oh, yeah. I think if, you know, if you didn't go and find your boots and your winter clothes, you'll have a chance to do that yet. Okay. Uh, Mine are already out. (laughs) Yeah. And I think at least in Southern and yeah, most of the state, the, your, whatever was under the snow that you hadn't finished, if it was a bunch of leaves or if it was some bags or if it was some lawn equipment, I think you'll have a chance to retrieve that. I think that the snow will retreat before the permanent seasonal snowpack gets put down. But I I would also, I would say, you know, as we start melting the snow here and as it does get mild, I would, I I would, I would take the fact that winter is coming around the corner seriously because we don't know exactly when it'll begin, but it will, I think it's a successful forecast guaranteed to say it will get colder. Well, the good news though, no Halloween blizzard on the horizon this year. As a matter of fact, Halloween looks like it'll be relatively pleasant. Sadly, of course, uh, probably not the greatest year to do trick-or-treating, not advisable in this time of COVID-19, but uh, at least it'll be an evening we can kind of enjoy. Yeah, maybe a blizzard of malaise. (laughs) Yeah, Um, (laughs) there you go, Kenny. (laughs) A a blizzard of boredom. I don't know. I mean, you know, you can sit outside and throw candy at people who walk by. Ah, you're suggesting socially distanced trick-or-treating. You know, those of us with pretty good arms, we could probably fling that candy, maybe even see if we could get a shot into a trick-or-treater's bag. I mean, that could be Oh, yeah, I wasn't even talking about trick-or-treaters. I'm just, you know, people walking by. (laughs) There you go. Just... Yeah, my arm's a bit of a liability. Uh, I can I can guarantee that. There's a reason I played first base, and it's um, and it wasn't because we were saving my arm for other purposes because I didn't have an arm. So you know, I'll probably I would probably do underhand tosses. Okay, for this kind of well, that activity. works. That's good. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. The good news is uh, I don't think you know it'll it'll be pretty standard. Well, that actually, what do you think of when you think of Halloween weather? What do you picture? You know, I've got to go back to my childhood, but I do have memories of some pretty miserably cold Halloweens, some really pleasant ones. One I recall, I can't remember the year now, but I remember we had set out our pumpkins here. This is relatively recently, I think within the last half a dozen years. And I remember being in shorts on Halloween Eve, setting out pumpkins. So I recall, you know, quite a few what I would say relatively pleasant Halloweens in terms of weather. Yeah, now I now as I think of it, I can't tell if my memories are my actual memories or if it's just me sort of projecting the, the Charlie Brown special onto <laughs> my memories. But I picture a lot of those Halloweens were kind of damp, maybe not yeah, rainy, true. but sort of damp and, and then often breezy. 
And it wasn't necessarily a, a not a bone chilling breeze necessarily, but just kind of breezy. You know, you'd that the long sleeves were almost always warranted. And so I think, you know, in this way, this this Halloween should be on the sort of pleasant side of the spectrum. Um, again, minus the fact that it's 2020 and everything's weird. Well, let's all enjoy Halloween to the extent that we can. And uh, Kenny, hey, great checking in with you this week. And uh, we'll look forward to chatting again next week. Yeah, we'll see what uh, new discussion topics emerge from the, uh, the craziness that is our weather. Yes, so unpredictable in so many ways. This is way over our heads. It's a weather and climate podcast. I'm Jim Dubois. Kenny Blumenfeld's a climatologist. We'll catch you next week.